we have an extra special episode today because it is our hundredth episode, Carl. Uh, yes. Uh, what do you think? I like it. A hundred is nice and round. We'll talk to a person I've known my entire life, Pete Maniscalco and Bree Maniscalco from Cinema St. Louis. And around minute 55, after we've talked to the Maniscalcos, we'll talk about Bliss, Malcolm and Marie, Irig and the Witch, and Palmer, and all about the award seasons going on. So you know what this makes me think of? Our friends at Real Spoilers, they stopped counting at 100. And so they just started doing dates. And so I'm thinking of stealing that idea. Well, they did have their 600th, you know, before. I know. That's okay. I know. So we are, because it's our special 100th episode, we have very special guests today. We have certified movie nuts, Brie Maniscalco and her husband, Pete Maniscalco. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Thanks thank for you. Having us. It's, it's an honor to be on the 100th episode. Yeah. Thank you for asking us. Well, thank you for coming because I know you two are very busy. Brie is the development director for Cinema St. Louis and they had big news today, a $20,000 yeah. grant from the National Endowment for the Arts for SLIF. That's right. It'll be our 30th annual SLIF this November, and we hope, hope, hope it'll be in person. Uh, and NEA has been a funder of ours for years, and we were very pleased considering the landscape in the last year that we got a larger gift than we had the year uh, previous to that. Um, so we're just absolutely pleased uh, with their continued and increased support for 2021. That is so awesome. And Pete, we know because he has been the head of the PR agency in town that works with the studios. So whenever people ask me, hey, how do you get on? How do you get to see free movies and how do you get to see them before they come out? I say, oh, there's this guy in town. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get an email. And no, well, if they're if they're legit, that's the only way I pass an email on. If not, I just say you got to know somebody. <laughs> yep, yeah, that's that's me. Well, you started, Pete, when it was what was it, SJK? Uh, actually, yeah, going back, it's funny. It's been With Kelly. Uh, last year it was thirty years. Wow, that I started. Uh, Nineteen ninety was my uh, initial year when I uh, started at KSJ Entertainment uh, down at Union Station and they had um, I was an intern that fall and then um, and then I was there for a couple of years and became uh, a part-timer after my internship ended and then do you remember the date of your internship starting uh I, I remember the first movie that I worked on it was the two Jakes wow the sequel <laughs> to Chinatown, Chinatown. And I was so excited because Chinatown is one of my favorite movies and I could not wait and it, so I got to see it early and um, and it was I was just so psyched and then sort of let down that the movie wasn't <laughs> nearly as good as Chinatown. But still, it's memorable. And I, I remember, you know, I'm, I remember that fondly. So, yeah. So, so now it this, is. Yeah, it's crazy. 30 years though. Yeah. So now you are head of the Allied Global Marketing office because they've changed their name a couple of times. Yeah, we, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's been, it, it's been through it's been quite bought a bit. And sold a couple times. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, K yeah. KSJ disbanded. Uh, I moved to Kansas city and I actually worked for the universal field office in Kansas city for a couple of years doing publicity and promotions for the Midwest directly for just universal. And then I came back here and was hired by uh, at the time it was called Sherman Wolf. 
um, they hired me to, to run an office that would handle Paramount and Miramax. So I did that for a couple of years. Then they were bought, they, they merged into a firm called HNOW, which I'm sure you guys remember. Yep. Uh, HNOW was around for a while. And then Allied bought HNOW about 15 years ago. And, um, and so that's where I've been since, but ever since that moment where they, you know, tapped me to take over Paramount and Miramax here, um, for uh, 1997 and that first movie was titanic so i really had <laughs> i you had guys a made us dress up and go to the esquire yes it was <laughs> yeah that was the first screening they yeah. said everyone wear uh not not black tie but uh uh business uh, when it wasn't business you you made us dress up though mm-hmm. yeah it was yeah they 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 wanted it to be a classic movie premiere which you know Usually, as you guys know, we don't we don't really have that here. Oh, we did it for Gatsby too, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, we, yeah, we had that. We we have a couple things, but not too much. And now, since we've dropped out of the twentieth city, we don't get as much. I remember I was reviewing uh, m- movies for the Belleville Sunday Magazine, so that was still in the early nineties. And then uh, I was writing for the Post Dispatch too, and the News Democrat didn't seem to like that very much. Oh, yeah. So they they said you got to choose. Oh wow! Oh. So I said, uh, you Which know, one paid more? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I wrote for the Illinois section of the Post Dispatch, uh, you know, as a as a contractor, and then so in '96 I didn't I didn't review movies till. I was at this weekly that I ran and Mar- I contacted everybody. Remember, you had to do real letters then because it wasn't too much of the internet. And I wrote everybody and only Marla uh, from the Warner Brothers office contacted me. And so we got to see Warner Brothers films. And wow. then gradually I got on your list. Yeah. And then I applied for the, for the film critics twice. And the first time was like, well, uh, we don't, um, we don't, you have to have an internet uh, film review. I mean, you have to be accessible on the, and so, so then we finally were, and I got in the same year Carl did. So, wow. was this? how long, how long ago was that? How, uh, the 2008 was my first year in the film critics. So I didn't even ask to be in it. Corcoran, just like you're, you're in it. I do. Rem- I remember that actually. Well, I like- asked JC to vet me because that was one of the things and I didn't know anybody and he was always talking about it on the air. And I said, Hey, would you vet me? And well, he did. JC, he, he, that's just how he was. He's like, you know what? You're going to see more movies than I do. And I like your opinion. You, you're, you're the young guy. Yeah. Cause you know, this was 12 <laughs> years ago, and yeah. so, 13 years ago. And so, and JC's like, you're in this. And I said, Oh, Okay. And we like, were like, I watched more fine. TV than movies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that was 2005 when, uh, when we weren't on the internet yet. And, and I started watching and then I would send Tim to him. And so Tim was doing reviews too. And all of a sudden one day we got invited to the awards nominations powwow. We didn't even know we were in it. Like <laughs> we were like, Oh, we're in the film critics. Oh, okay. <laughs> but anyway, oh, Pete and his company, Pete and his company have been so helpful over the years and occasionally when we do get a big star you guys are working so hard all day those are fun days yeah oh my god what was the the movie it was we were at blueberry hill and it was 
it was individual appointments hmm. and it was a dog movie oh a man. Dog. was it bill murray that was, no it was that, it that was, was saving max. saving people's lives the dog saved lives i think it was called max joe yeah yes. it, that was the movie yes. max and that was when the trolley construction was in front and it was just a living hell and yeah. you guys they had to pull up in the you know rental cars and it was just and yeah. we kept waiting because he goes okay it's gonna be late it's gonna be late it's gonna be late <laughs> yeah and we, then and then you had to work also because the zach efron oh the win movie. a movie date yeah yeah the, win the a date winner, with dad hamilton the winner well uh no it was for it wasn't for that it was for, charlie mcleod charlie mcleod yeah and uh, yeah, they, were, they had a, a nat national contest, win a date with uh, Zach Efron at the premiere. And so wherever that person lived, they did the premiere. So of course it was in St. Louis huh, that the yeah. winner you know, uh, resided. So we, uh, so we had to stage a premiere at Ronnie's, which we've done quite a few times since then. But yeah, that was, that was crazy. That was, that was crazy. The News Democrat let me upload photos that night and they had it on they had like i had all these photos on which you know now that's not a thing but but i remember because what and then we got the other guys premiere but i just remember we were not allowed Will to talk Ferrell. to zach efron we were not allowed to talk to him but we could stand there and take his picture but then he and i somehow we we locked I, and he has the bluest eyes i've ever seen of anybody in my life <laughs> But we were, you know, like, because I, I think we were asking him questions, but we were behind this line. Yeah, right. Behind the. Premiere. Yeah. And yeah. so I said something to him. And so he, you know, and then I was like, we were about to shake hands. And then we realized, oh, we're not supposed to talk. We're not supposed to touch. <laughs> and now, little known fact about Zach Efron. He did not sing in High School Musical 1. He oh. sang in 2 and 3, but they overdubbed huh. him in the first one. I didn't know he sang in two and three. Hmm. <laughs> no, I, I, didn't know. Know. I didn't know he sang. No, I think he, I think he learned to sing because they went on tour and he oh, like, right. yeah. had to learn the song. Yeah. But was the biggest thing you did, was that the, like the other guys premiere with Mark Wahlberg and yeah. Will, Will Ferrell coming? Yeah. We've had Will Ferrell in twice. So we had him in that, that time that was down in Chesterfield at the, uh, at the galaxy theater. Oh, and it was so hot. It was, it was, so... it was super hot. And yeah, but uh, that was, that was big. The longest yard premiere was pretty big too. I don't know. Nelly. Carl, do you remember? Yeah, it was Nelly's uh, uh, debut, film debut. Yes. Nelly, and, and he, he said he wanted to do one here in St. Louis. It was all him and his yeah. people. And, so, and Sandler was like, fine, I'll do whatever. Yeah. Wasn't so he, he easy had... to work with though? Oh, they were all, yeah, everybody was. Uh, uh, yeah. You gotta was, say yeah. that though. It was no, it was. It was it was it was no, seriously, that was an easy one. It was funny because they all arrived in a big airport van. Everybody expected <laughs> them to arrive in limos and now it was just like a big white minivan and they just popped out of it. It was it was Adam Sandler, Chris Rock, Burt Reynolds, and then Nelly came separately. Yeah. So that was well, see, that's that I never want to see Nelly in St. Louis. Whenever I see Nelly, I want to see Nelly not here because here he does a different show because oh, here he has too many family members and friends and he's got to call them up on stage. You want to see Nelly in like a Nashville or a Chicago or somewhere else, because that's going to be a real Nelly show. Yeah. The Nelly show you're getting here is he's, he's uh, his mom's is here. And so he's got, yeah. he's got to be good. We saw Nelly. Well, at, uh, we, his band used to be on the red, 
cart, but especially like at the other guys because oh, it yeah. was 2010. So like Chingy was there and I would tell people, oh, that's Chingy. And they're looking at me like, how do you know Chingy? But I was told that. I was told It was the, that. Lu the Saint Lunatics Saint are his Yeah, the Saint group. Lunatics because my sons were there and they knew who they were. So, you know, it wasn't like that. Yeah. But Don King was there and all the Rams. I remember the Rams and this one Ram dressed up in Buddy the Elf costume. Yeah. <laughs> At the other guy's premiere. Yeah, it was hilarious. And it was, it was hot. They had just come off the, uh, the practice field. They were, um, they were working out out there in Chesterfield. So like the entire Rams team came by and, you know, greeted them on the red carpet. It was crazy. The mayor, the mayor uh, at the time, Francis Slay gave them the key to the city. And, yeah. uh, and it, yeah, it was, it was uh, Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. Um, that was insane. And I mean, to be honest, they were only here for about a, a total of 90 minutes. Yeah, they fly yeah, because in they, they don't. They don't out. stay. People don't realize they don't stay for the movie. No, yeah, they they well, just. Margaret O'Brien didn't even stay for Meet Me in St. Louis. Oh, when, oh <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure she's seen it a few times. Hey, well, John yeah. Goodman stayed for the Big Lebowski at Sliff. That's Did true. He? Well, yes. Yeah. He, well, yeah, he because he probably he had people. Else. He had he, people that, with him, probably. He, that he, was he had family yeah. friends there with him. Well, but, and. Uh, uh will forte stayed for nebraska i sat next to him and didn't realize it which is where we met that's where we met, <gasps> that's where we met. you met on nebraska saddle i love i mean on the at, well, that at was Slip. that was Slip. i know Slip. they met at Slip, but that was yeah will forte showed up at the very like the movie was just about to start and he showed up in the last row and i'm like and at the end of the movie hey <laughs> I, I sat next <laughs> to will forte <laughs> yeah. Well, you, I remember when you guys got uh, engaged because the Tivoli let you put it up on the marquee. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, I had I had the theater. It was during it was the during festival, Slip, yeah. And I had the theater available for about fifteen minutes and showed a video using photos and clips from our you know dating year i guess it was about a year and a half your whirlwind romance a whirlwind romance <laughs> so i showed a little video and it said go out to please exit to the well no that, to the that part didn't work you had to come in and whisper it to it was me. it was a little little bit of a mess but she still remembers that part in the end, it was still it was, really cool and then you got married at the tivoli right you did. Uh, yeah yeah six months later we, and uh, then the yeah. and then the reception was downtown on washington yeah at, the, uh, at um Gosh, what was it called? The speakeasy. It's the speak. Oh, the Thaxton. Thaxton speakeasy. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was and that fun. place is amazing. My wife said that was one of the coolest wedding receptions ever. Oh wow! Oh, oh. wow! Yeah, it yeah. was a lot. We had of fun. a good time. Yeah, it was. It was good. Yeah. Because it was. Yes. It was fun, and it was themed, and it was very, very you. <laughs> well, you are known for your theme Oscar parties. And so what do you think about this year? It being delayed till it's, it's frustrating April. that it's, are you going to have hard. one? Uh, we'll see what the, <laughs> you think, see what the weather is because you have a beautiful outdoor screening we, area because it's do, April uh, now. We were hoping that that might be the yeah. case that it, because it's what April 28th. Yeah. yeah. So and, it's and be maybe nicer. the vaccine and who knows yeah yeah i mean uh, hopefully by then things will be a little yeah a little better and we can all we'll all be safe or whoever comes over will have had the vaccine and stuff so yeah yeah it might it be just... a show your vaccine card to get in <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well yeah. for the last three years i've won pete's actually that's not true i've tied 
Pete's Oscar prediction party, I've won, I've tied for first place and I always let the other person or the other team get pick the prize because I usually have what what it's, they it's all the stuff. Well, and here's yeah. what stinks this, this year, year we don't there's have, no prizes. Yeah, because you didn't have any movie premieres. We haven't had much to work with. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. <laughs> but I do like really old movies. I really like that well, I've won I can the last I can give years, you some of my part. discards from the broadcast <laughs> film critics. I yeah, have my good. promising young woman oh, diary. Oh nice. That is nice. nice. I don't with mind thing, with the nail thing. Oh, the, be, the I, best thing I love the best Emory thing Boards. I got. The <laughs> best thing I got was Billy Holiday. They sent out a gardenia fragrance deal. Oh, oh, wow! wow. Really, that's nice. Really that nice. The amount of stuff that is sent. I know, and so then what? they. I mean, yeah, you get. I mean, every day you get the scripts and you get the. It's just. Wow. It's what? a lot now. Now the St. Louis Film Critics this year, we hardly got any scripts. Yeah, the, through the huh. mostly, you know, the... you know who sent us the most movies? Netflix. Netflix sent us the most movies because all of their films are streaming. But if you don't have Netflix, that doesn't help you. So they send hard copies. They do send the, yeah. the blue, Is it Blu-rays or DVDs? Uh, I think it's DVDs. Yeah, yeah. DVDs. Mm -hmm. What uh, what was what were both of your favorite? I, I mean, I know what the the film critics chose, but ah. I don't know specifically what you guys chose as your personal favorite. Ladies first. Um, Nomadland was my first, and then my top five were uh, Trial of the Chicago Seven, To Five Bloods, Minari, and Promising Young Woman. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So. I'm going to do my top three because it's my, my third one was very controversial because I chose Hamilton because uh, you, you would have been promoting that. That would, that would have been a movie that yeah. would have been when, yeah. if it would have been released, well, you guys would have done something huge for that. Yeah. Because and, it, it was scheduled to be released in theaters. Right. At one point, you know, and then they moved it up to Disney plus, but yeah, you're right. And so my number two was No Man Lad, and my number one was Promising Young Woman because I, 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 it's still sticking with me. I still love it. And she my fourth would have been Soul. Yeah, I oh. haven't seen, seen it, so no, no, spoilers. no spoilers. I'm not going to say anything. That's, well, that's uh, I will say Minari's finally coming out next week. Thank you. That was God, my number because five. We could talk about it. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, such it's a cool. wonderful movie, and the Globes put it in foreign. I know Once again, Carl and I have had this discussion but uh can you say what was your for a favorite film or not you can't say my per my favorite what my, my favorite off was the record <laughs> promising young woman that was my yes favorite. it's a great movie it is it is well yeah. i probably should have put it but i really like the other ones and defy bloods to me is is spike lee's most complete yeah. work and the whole the whole thing was so good and that look delroy lindo uh, I mean, that look Chadwick Boseman gives Delroy Lindo towards the end when they're in their... No she spoilers. Hasn't, she hasn't seen it. Well, that's all I'm saying. I'm yeah. just saying that look. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, okay. he's getting the shaft in so far in these nominations. Uh, yeah, with the Golden Globes, I, I don't understand. Go that. First of all, Golden Globes don't matter. No one cares about the Golden no. Globes. I know, Pete, you have to say that they do, but they don't. No, I, no, I, I don't. I don't work for the Golden Globes at all. You don't work for you know, the Golden Globes, like but the studios care about the studios. studios like the fact that they can say yes. 
I think I think they they matter in the sense that the they set a precedent for the Oscars and you know and and it puts a it puts a film in Oscar voters' minds. That, it does. It does. It, it it's it's awareness, but right on the ninety what ninety six people that are part of the Hollywood Foreign Film Association. Yeah, they're not Oscar voters. Oh they, no, it's a different. No, it's and a if you look group. at if you if you look at their TV but, noms, you you can just see that Emily in Paris does not deserve it, and uh, and the HBO film about uh, being a being a uh, sexually assaulted, um, uh, I've forgotten the name of it because we're, this is not about TV. Bad, it's about, not bad education. No, um, uh, on the record. No, the, not the t- the miniseries. Oh, I may destroy you. I may destroy you. That's it. That if that didn't get a nom, and even the Emily in Paris writer said, "Oh, I shouldn't have gotten nominated. I may destroy you." Should have been nominated. Well, they they ignored Bridgerton. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. I may destroy you is is phenomenal. I haven't watched that. I guess I need to. I watched so many documentaries. I, okay, this it's, year. it's along the lines of Promising Young Woman. So yeah, it it definitely you know travels that that crown but yeah it's it it's pretty rough but it, it has a different different bent that and, and, and it's british too she's fantastic the michaela cole who did she did everything you know she wrote yeah. directed she wrote it and she yeah. stars in it and she's oh yeah and that she's not being recognized but yeah I, there's always those types of you know controversy they've always had that issue with the golden globes but but the, see the thing about the golden but, the things that people like about the golden globes is that they are they for especially in the television categories, rather than the Emmys, they yeah. are forward thinking. Yes, and they're they're looking at new talents rather than just like the Emmys. Just oh, oh, uh, Meryl Streep was in something. Well, therefore she has to get a slot. Yeah, that is well. Uh, that Sasha Baron Cohen made history by being yeah. nominated three times yesterday, and so he released a statement. Uh, Wawi Wawa. <laughs> <laughs> and he said uh, he congratulated Maria Bakalova, very complimentary. Yeah. And then he, he said, um, if he doesn't win, he will contest the election and have Rudy Julie uh, uh, <laughs> contest the selection and have Judy uh, Ju- and have Rudy, Rudy Giuliani. Giuliani check into it for him. <laughs> that's great. I didn't see that. That's funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, that, that's yeah. one of the bright spots. Amy Poehler and Tina Fey will be the host, and it's February twenty eighth. And Tina's yeah. going to be in New York, and Amy's going to be in Los Angeles. Yeah, like, yeah. And the Critics' Choice Association is going to be the next Sunday night, March 7th, on the CW with Tay Diggs. And last year, I got to go to it in L.A. and see it live. But this year, I'm going to be like everybody else on the couch. And uh, then the next week, March the 14th, is the Grammys. So oh, that's what we got the right. awards they going they on. It, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it was supposed to be last Sunday, mm-hmm. and then they they moved yeah. it. So it's very strange what's because some of them want to have live, but so far, do you think the virtual award shows have been doing okay? I thought the Emmys were yeah were they were really well pretty produced. well down yeah yeah. I'm excited that Steven Soderbergh is producing the Oscars this year. That just seems like a uh, out of left field choice. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, speaking of that, speaking of Soderbergh. Uh, what did you think of his latest? I, we haven't seen it. We, okay. 
I promise. I promise. We watch movies. We, we watch a lot of old movies. <laughs> well, no, that, that, that's okay. But I didn't. I've been on cruises, and so I enjoyed. There were there were a lot of things about the. Technically, it's beautiful, and the natural light gimmick is whatever. Mm. But I I didn't hate it as much as a lot of people did. I haven't. I, I've heard. I've heard pretty good things. I didn't know that people didn't like it. Well, no, they, they like Candace Bergen. <laughs> oh, I, Candace I, Bergen and uh, Josh Ray and I picked Candace Bergen as one of our uh, supporting actress nominees. Yeah. Of all the talent in that movie, she's the best. Uh, yeah. Meryl Streep is a very unlikable character, <laughs> but she's done that before. But it's just she's really off-putting in this. Yeah. It's very strange. But I, I liked the whole cruise uh, as the setting. But one of the things this year is we critics were at you know we did everything according to 2020 well now there's this window between mm-hmm. now and february 28th to pick movies so as far as the broadcast film critics we have been inundated with all the new That's stuff right. to one vote on that Miami, and it's very Judas hard the black messiah yeah and it's there's it's, one yeah. more, there's one more big one. Oh. uh Malcolm and Marie. Malcolm and Marie, uh, the land, uh, U.S. Oh, uh, Billy Holiday versus our United States versus Billy Holiday. Um, yeah, there no, is, one, no one has seen those movies. Well, we have watched. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, Not yeah. Available. So we, yeah. so we had early access, but it's all at once. And then now, I didn't think the dig was a was a. a I didn't think the dig was eligible, mm. but BAFTA has it on their list. BAFTA also has Supernova because everybody seems to have forgotten Stanley Tucci, even though I predicted he was going to win the Oscar. And and he hasn't, he didn't get Screen Actors Guild. He didn't get Golden Globes. He didn't. No, I want to see it. That is, that, that's not streaming yet. That's one that we no. haven't been working on. Right? And the only one of all of those that I saw was The Father. And mm-hmm. it is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really is. It, he's incredible. Anthony Hopkins. Is, yeah, and, and Olivia, Olivia Coleman is really good in it. Yeah, and just the directing and, and how you are disoriented in the same way that the Anthony Hopkins character is. Mm-hmm. It's just, so you yeah. didn't see that one. I have seen that. Uh, I haven't seen it, but yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> some of them, it's very weird too about all this video on demand because they're released in theaters, but then it's video on demand or else it's a platform. Like United States versus Billy Holiday is going to be on Hulu. And so is Nomadland. Nomadland is going to be on Hulu. Yeah. It, I have seen that one. Yeah, she has seen That it. one's really and good. And, well, Bree, that's a good one to see because it's really good. And yeah. there, there are so many unexpected things in No Man Land. Yes. Here's what I said about No Man Land. Besides, besides, you know, getting a Francis McDormand full frontal, which is just, it's off-putting in itself. <laughs> but you expect, as a movie, as a, as an educated moviegoer, you expect something horrible to happen, you, because we've been trained that okay, A, B, C, something absolutely awful is going to happen. And in her life, something horrible does happen, but it's not movie horrible. It's real life horrible. Yeah. It's right. It's different. It's it's not like she's sexually assaulted or she's uh, uh, attacked or stabbed or anything like that, or somebody get, or gets shot. It's stuff that 
happens in real life to real people. Yeah. And so that's what makes No Man Land good. Yeah. Agreed. If not great. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It, just, it does feel like it. Well, and like if you've seen the writer, Chloe Zhao's first film or yeah. previous film, it's similar in that sense where you don't know if it's actually a documentary, if you're looking at real life or actors that are, you know, that are portraying characters. In, and, and it was a mix. The writer right. was a mix. There are, there are only two. A lot, of, a lot of people, too, that are, you know, uh, from the area where, where they were filming. And it, it really does show. Well, and who also didn't you say who also lived that lifestyle that ha that had been yeah right right it's very it's very realistic and, and everybody uh, uses based their on that. real names and and who who knows maybe Francis goes by Fern every once in a while <laughs> right yeah. she was given an application for Target uh, <laughs> when she when she was filming this because they thought she was like they really Fern and she needed a job wow yeah yeah it's yeah really, really well done. Yeah. She's incredible, though. She's just so lived in, and it's just so oh, yeah. believable that it would be her. And and uh, so this year, I mean, I'm, I keep saying this year, but it's really 2020. Okay, Carl and I have talked about this a couple times. Uh, Sundance came out in January, as it always does, and had men, a good product. Minari won the Audience Award and the Grand Jury Award. And then... We have seen so many indie movies this year. We have seen so much because the big blockbusters didn't come out. They were moved, mm -hmm. except for Tenet, uh, which was the only one I saw in the theater. But once March hit, and we and he, what was your last movie though? It was uh, Invisible it was the, Man. It was Bloodshot. Oh, Bloodshot. Okay, oh. mine was Onward. I didn't, and I didn't see Bloodshot. I had a hockey game that night, so I couldn't see the last movie that Pete, <laughs> Pete's company premiered. That that, yeah, that oh, was, you you watched Hunt, The Hunt as a I saw the hunt. The I saw The Hunt in a theater like the week before everything shut down because I wanted to see it because I was curious about it. And I it it was it should have been released back in September, not it should never have been yeah. put on. I I liked it actually. I did too. It was in my top 10. I thought it Good. because yeah. it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think, because you guys were right in the thick of things, because you had to immediately go to plan yeah, B or C or you never knew what was going on, did you? No, it's, it's been it's been crazy. I mean, obviously for everyone, but um, for our industry, they they really have had to, you know, I, I hate this word <laughs> pivot. pivot they've had to pivot to, <laughs> to online. And I mean, and, you know, and, and almost every studio has, has done that or sold their films to, uh, to streaming services that are able to release them online. But yeah, so, you know, so we've, we've had to, to be able to adjust to a world in which, you know, we're promoting only movies that are streaming and uh, we have been doing it b before then, but it presents itself as a challenge because we're used to having public screenings where people come out and talk about it at the theater and you applaud your, everybody's, it's a communal experience. And now you're being asked to try and replicate that at home and it's hard to do, but some of them have had virtual screenings. So we've, you know, we've had a few platforms that have, that have kind of stepped up and created this virtual screening uh where you know, amazon did one last week yeah 
yeah, we're 250 and you can chat during them or you can, you know, you can give your thoughts after. So they've, you know, they, it, it was a rocky start at first with some of them, but they've kind of, you know, become a regular occurrence now. I don't know if, if you guys have done it. And I know Minari, you know, A24 had a lot of success of doing Q and A's after some of the screenings where you're able to watch the movie and, and then you can see the filmmakers and brings it closer to you. Whereas in person, we wouldn't, we would have rarely been able to have those um, in St. Louis. And we just well, have, I have really enjoyed that. Uh, the Q and A's I stay for most, most of them, in fact. Uh, yeah. And then uh, there's been Netflix, I think started breaking the mold. I mean, Netflix started that. And then I think oh, everybody yeah. uh, started following up, you well, know, and have, well, the way back did theirs with uh, Ben Affleck. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, and and uh, like Clooney's movie on Netflix, they had Kate Planchette interview him. Right, right, that's right. Yeah, well, yeah, we just uh, speaking of festivals with uh, Sundance, rather, we we just uh, watched quite a few of the. Did you buck up and get the whole package? No, no, no. We just did individual tickets to films, um, mainly because we delayed and the yeah, we, pass we sold forgot. out. Yeah, the, the pass uh, sold out quickly. Well, but but, but, but you're was, in the industry and you know what had buzz already, didn't you? So we were able to buy a few of the. Did you see Questlove's uh, one no, that won no, the? That sold one sold out. Yeah. We see, that's another thing about Sundance is they sell out so fast you don't necessarily get to. Yeah, but if you would have been in uh, Park City, they would have been sold out anyway. Exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying. The good ones sell out so fast. But Questlove got the jury prize and the audience award. And yeah. then who just bought it? Is it Netflix or is it uh, Searchlight? Oh, uh, Searchlight, yeah. Searchlight lot, for Searchlight like a for lot of money. Louis and he cut his hair. Yeah. And then Coda, did you get to see Coda? Oh, no. that too. That sold out. The best, the best thing that we saw, and it's the best thing that I've seen in a long, yeah, long time. Yeah, it was phenomenal. Was the uh, Edgar Wright's The Sparks Brothers, the, the documentary about the 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 band, the Brothers Sparks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I actually saw something about that. Is that going to be on TV, or yeah, is it going to? I, I I've been looking because I, I really want to watch it again. It's so great. I mean, if you're a fan of, I mean, I know I know both of you are. Uh, fan of any any type of music for that matter the the how influential these guys are and and not really knowing that it, it, it the way Edgar Wright like kind of you know presents it is just so fascinating interesting and you know it, it's the best music doc I've seen in a long time but I know that the Questlove doc is supposed to be great too but yeah it's just it's well worth it when when it becomes available but yeah I don't well, think the video's picked it up yet Okay, so did it feel like it was more than two hours? No, not at all. We were, I, I could have watched another hour of it. It's, really? Yeah, it, he, he, he cuts it. The editing is so fast paced and it, and it throws out every type of media, whether it's stop motion animation to, you know, all kinds of old clips, all kinds of MTV stuff, you know, just everything charting their, you know, their, their career. Um, it's it really it's it's great and i didn't know much about them i don't know if you guys if you if you knew a whole lot but i i'd heard of i'd heard i actually read an article on vulture about it last last week i want to say and that was where you had i mean the song cool places with jane weedland from the go-go's go-go's from the 90s that was that was sparks sparks with jane weedland that's their song that's the only song that i knew going into mm -hmm. this and then and i knew know, none of it but then <laughs> it hearing amazing. a few yeah 
yeah so that and we watched um mass with uh, that was incredible with, and in the earth in the earth the new ben wheatley and um, horror movie and ailey the documentary about alvin ailey about which alvin was phenomenal ailey. oh yeah see really? normally really? we ask people what what they've seen in the, since they've been quarantined in the last 11 months pete and brie have been seeing movies that aren't out yet <laughs> but Bree, you were going to say something probably about the film festival was doing that too the Q&As which were really great I just loved uh, that this year and I really enjoyed and I just blanked on his name he wrote he wrote the Ides of March oh Bill Willimon uh, Bo Willimon Bo Willimon, yeah, Bo Willimon. I just why did I just blank on yeah, his name the master class with him he, he got so wound up we just kept going yeah it was it was great and we at first when we did that class with him you know we had worked with his agent and had talked about how much time he would have to do it and we had to keep you know i aming him saying okay we're approaching the time and he's like let's keep going let's keep going um it, it was fantastic um <laughs> so yeah so we did care. all of our master classes during SLIF were live stream um, so filmmakers who were watching or other people who were interested in, in the craft um, could actually input their questions and then we would relay them uh, to you know, whoever our guest was, whether it was Ken Quapis or Bo Willeman um, or Rachel Reichman. I mean, we had so many wonderful um, guests this year. And then you know, the, the one hurdle was um, in terms of knowing which ones we could do as live versus pre-recorded. So we were able to do uh, our opening night, which was Dave Chappelle with the film, uh, short film 846. Yep. Um, and, and we were shocked when Chappelle said, yes, I want to do this. Um, and then when we found out he was going to be hosting SNL that weekend, we thought, <laughs> oh goodness, we're going to lose him. There's no way he's going to be able to do this with the schedule that SNL requires. And he did. He's like, no, I, I am committed. I am doing this. Um, so that was that was a really awesome way to kick off the festival. Um, and then we had so many recorded Q&As with filmmakers from Australia, Europe, um, across America. And we normally bring in anywhere from 150 to 200 filmmakers for SLIF. Um, so this was a way for the audience to still have that um, piece that adds to the film. But like, like Pete said earlier, the thing that's missing is that intimate interaction that you get when you're at the films at the festival where you get to ask questions directly to the filmmaker or the subject. So that was the only thing that was really missing in terms of the experience. But, you know, overall, we got really great feedback. The people loved that they could watch the films anytime they wanted. Um, they didn't have to worry about driving at night, um, all these kinds of things. So um, it was, you know, we were lucky. So many nonprofits struggled in 2020. <clears throat> we did as well. But, you know, if Nonprofits get creative and especially arts nonprofits have to be really creative because we have small budgets and small staff. Um, and we were able to do it. Um, and, and we were grateful to everyone who stood by us and helped us make it through the year. And the Hill documentary was huge yes. because you had a worldwide audience. You had yes. people from all over the world, which normally if you just yes. had it at the Tivoli, you wouldn't yeah. have had all those people. Yeah, so that actually debuted at St. Louis Filmmaker Showcase uh, in right. July online. 
And we were just amazed. You know, we didn't have as many geo restrictions for that event. Um, most of the films could be available, you know, worldwide. And that event, I think it was somewhere like 36 states and eight countries um, where people were viewing it. We had so many viewers from Italy. Um, it was just incredible. Uh, it actually sold the most tickets any of our any any of our film events have ever sold. It was incredible. It was over 1,100 tickets. I'm so still curious what the final version of that movie is because I've now seen it three times and each time it was different. It was a yes, different there, edit. Um, so between Showcase and Sliff, uh, there were some edits that had to be made. That um, were great. That It made yeah. it a better movie. Yes. Hmm. And then it also played on PBS <clears throat> after Channel 9 after Sliff and it had to have some edits then as well. Um, because but, they had to cut it down for uh, they had to cut it down for time. Yes. Even though it's only uh, 75 minutes, they had to cut it down so they could get their pledge breaks in. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, that filmmaker, uh, Joey, he um, he did a great job in how quickly he had to do those edits for Sliff. Um, he did it, you know, so, so fast, a quick turnaround. And it made the film, you know it was just as great if not better it made it i think the, i think the second edit is the best of the three that i've seen yeah and i understand why they they i understand why they made the third edit that was to sell dvds yes if you want to see more you can just buy yeah. this but the second edit is probably the best and i'm sure there's a whole he says he has four hours of interviews that they wanted to use yeah, and he, he interviewed so many people for that piece. Um, and, you know, there's so many people in St. Louis who could contribute to that history. We watched the film, uh, I think it was the showcase or was it Sliff? I think it was, it was the Sliff, Sliff edit. Yeah. And it was just, it blew us away. Um, it was so incredible, the history yeah. that it covered of St. Louis. He did a really good job. Yeah. Yeah, well, good luck because this year you guys have, uh, you you have had, I think, so from CN Cinema St. Louis, what they don't, you have done a lot to think outside the box and to think of things to do because you guys have had to do that. Yeah, we've tried. I mean, when, when things first shut down, uh, what was it, March 13th uh, last year, it was right before Classic French for in per, an in-person fest for 2020 was supposed to go live. So we had to quickly scrap that festival and shift to make it virtual, which is hard because that's all classic films. So those, you know, the majority of those are not available for streaming. So we went from having a slate of nine films, including one that would be silent with a musical accompaniment. And we had to cut it down to three films for classic French last year, um, which was, you know, a sad thing to do. Um, but we were able then to, here's the word, pivot uh, for QFest and Showcase and Sliff um, relatively well. I would say QFest and Showcase actually did better than they had done in the previous year. And then Sliff, I mean, that is a huge event, huge. The, the biggest part that shocked us with Sliff was not only people's willingness to try more independent films. You know, normally we, we think that people rely on those Hollywood blockbusters to, to fill our seats at the festival. Mm -hmm. um, but really, people tried a lot of films that they may not otherwise experience. Um, so that was a great thing. And then we do a, a free cinema for students program during SLIF, where we work with teachers across the area. And we normally do in-person screenings at the different 
uh, venues during SLIF or in school, and we couldn't do that. And teachers and schools were having so much going on with trying to navigate just how to teach students. We thought for sure that Cinema for Students would take a huge hit this year, but uh, we had over 10,000 streams for that program. Um, it was it was huge. Uh, we still reached a great number. Um, and then we did, you know, we wanted to make sure our annual members got benefits. So we tried to create this impromptu <laughs> movie club for members where we would uh, gather virtually in a variety of ways, whether it was Facebook Live or Zoom um, or Eventive to discuss films. The main requirement for my film selection process was that it's available on at least one streaming platform and that it's uplifting. I didn't want something that would depress people when things were already pretty grim uh, at that time. So, and then our golden anniversaries film festival that we normally do in person at the library, which gets very low turnout, um, we turned it into a discussion series and it did really well. And we've brought that back this year. It's monthly. Um, we started in January with the last picture show with Joshua Ray um, being our host for that. And then our next one is actually this coming Monday. It'll be Shaft with Novotny Lawrence uh, discussing that. So um, we're doing, it's films of 1971. Uh, the full list will be up on our website and it's it's gonna be a fun lineup of films and special guests. We have Mark, Mark Harris, Harris uh, yes. doing Carnal Knowledge in May. Uh, oh, he just wrote the biography of Mike Nichols. What That's a right. coincidence. Yeah, yeah I, I just saw And he is the husband of Tony Kushner, who wrote of Angels in America. Yeah. So he had to use him for the book because Mike Nichols directed Angels in America. So that was mm -hmm. different. But I keep telling everybody they got to see the HBO documentary called Becoming Mike Nichols. And Jack O'Brien, the great theater director, interviews Mike Nichols. And Mike Nichols is so illuminating and insightful about how he learned all these things. Mm. It's an incredible documentary and it's only like 80 minutes. So wow. becoming oh. Mike Nichols will change your life. It will. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we watched the, um, oh, the uh, CBS, Sunday, CBS morning. Sunday morning. Yeah, they had. They had, they had Mark, uh, Mark Harris on talking about it. And, it and was, he was on Colbert the other night and he's, he's just making the rounds talking yeah. about his yeah. book. Yeah. yeah. He used to be the editor of entertainment weekly. Yes, he did. He's a very, I remember his name. Twitter. Well, before you go, when you it was to weekly. pick up your daughter from daycare, Daisy, I love the name Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> I just she's love that full name. Full of energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, we lost one of the greats today as we have had all these yeah. titans of film and theater die recently. Uh, so what is your favorite Christopher Plummer role? Uh, well, mine I have loved since I was a kid. It was an annual family tradition to watch this film. Easter or Christmas? Easter. Well, then and we all know remember, what it is. I grew up in Utah, so what was played at Easter versus Christmas is different than how that played out here in St. Louis. Um, so it was so Sound we of Music. The Sound of Music <laughs> at Easter, and I have loved uh, him and that film uh, as long as I can remember. Um, so I was, I, I'm really sad by the news today. I just think he's a phenomenal actor and we lost a great legend. We did Captain Von Trapp. He will yeah. always be remembered for that role. Hey, so, advice, baby. 
Pete, what did you? What is your favorite role of his? <laughs> the Return of the Pink Panther. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, I, I don't know if it was my favorite. I mean, of course, he's so good in that, in um, Sound of Music. But uh, Sir Charles. Yeah. yeah, but that was one of my. Yeah, that, that was probably the first time that I knew about him because I was so into all the Pink Panther movies. Right. So yeah. Well, he won the Oscar for Beginners, which is very good movie. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I, he deserved it. It wasn't just like, here's a career achievement. He really deserved oh, it, I thought. Yeah. yeah he's sure. wonderful in that. But I was reminded today of, of his Mike Wallace portrayal in yeah. The Insider. The Insider. So I'm going to go with that as my favorite performance of his because he is amazing in that. And I use that word very rarely, amazing. But he is amazing as Mike Wallace. He is. Yeah. Carl, what would yours be? Oh, mine, yeah. mine would be in the uh, very very fictionalized version of the Van Trapp singers because that if you do any <laughs> history deep dive you know that there is nothing true about the sound of music yep it is fiction there is nothing happened in that movie that was in real life yes but but it is it is the only thing is, is they got the family name and the fact that they sang yes that was about it <laughs> that's about it but other than that, you know, he was in, he was good in Knives Out for, you know, a year yeah, ago. a little bit. Well, and I forgot that he did the voice of Charles Muntz in Up. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I forgot that, too. He was the villain in He's Up. Villain. I totally yeah. forgot that. I love the that movie. Kirk Douglas type. Because mm -hmm. uh, like we, we all think of Carl and Ellie, and we don't yes. think of the villain. Yeah, he was right. in a yeah. Star Trek movie. Oh, that's crazy. Wow. I, he was yeah. in Star Trek Six. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The undiscovered, you know, and they say the even number ones are the better ones. So that's always a good yeah. one. And he took the place of Kevin Spacey in All the Money in the World. Yes. Yes. So he had to learn that really, really fast. Yeah, that, I mean, was, yeah. that was a quick yeah. turnaround. And he did it. I, I think he was nominated for the Golden Globe I think he for was, that. Yeah. He for was. That performance. I, wasn't he nominated for the Oscar? I think he was. It might have been. I, yeah, I, I think he was because, uh, yeah. That was a weird year, but this year, uh, to end on a, a note, Pete, what do you think is going to happen with all the blockbusters coming up? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't. I I think it, I think this summer will be, you know, the return of most of the. the yes, but summer June, summer August. <laughs> I would. I, I'll I'll say July. Okay. I'll go with July. Now, were you one of the people that got to see A Quiet Place too before it? No, I it's just, uh, just Mousy saw it in our in our office. Yeah, and? we had an early trade screening of it, and uh, I couldn't and make went. it that day, so she went and she loved it. She hadn't seen the first one, oh, and went into it not knowing anything and actually loved it. So, yeah, I mean, well, that yeah, that's an early. <laughs> probably shouldn't say that, but yeah, no, I don't know. Well, did you guys have to tell her how the first one ended? <laughs> I think she figured it out. Okay. Yeah. Where's that first band? one. Oh my goodness. Uh, that's when that's when you have to see in the theater with people because people were so, so quiet during that film. And I definitely uh, think that's one that quiet place too, where it would not benefit from a streaming, you know, no. situation. So yeah, theater. hopefully we can get to that point. I think it's September right now when it's 
scheduled. So, yeah, I mean, we're hoping that our, so everything for us is virtual this year until we get to showcase in July. So we're hoping that showcase can be uh, both virtual and in person. And then we moved classic French to August. So it can be in person and then SLIF. We really hope by then for sure that we are in person. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think Broadway has uh, moved things back to, um, late summer uh, yeah i think i think you're right early so, fall lynn, so we'll see but lynn, it's you most were, you were right lynn he did he did get nominated for uh for taking over for kevin spacey and you know he is a triple crown winner he won emmy tony and oscar oh wow mm. but not just an EGOT. no no not an egot no grammy he, what would he get a grammy for Reading, they read, they read things now. He did sing in Sound of Music. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what? If that, you know what? If the sound didn't the Sound of Music, didn't that win a Grammy for best soundtrack? So maybe he was a part of that. But yeah, but that doesn't. I don't think that counts. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. Unfortunate. Yeah. Well, we're deep in. Uh, we're going to start the big award season. So hopefully, you'll be able to uh, catch up on everything that um, is. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, we have, well, at least we have a little bit of time. I think that's part of why we haven't watched a whole lot is that we know that we have yeah. so much time between now and April. When things April. open. Catch up. Yeah. Well, there, so. there are three movies that open up this week and I just want to ask your opinion. If you would know anything about them, Earwing and the witch, which is the uh, studio Ghibli G kids movie, little fish, which is another dementia movie. And then bliss. Do you know anything or are curious about any of those three movies? Oh, yeah. All of them. Yeah, all of them. Yeah. I'm curious. <laughs> and uh, Malcolm and Marie, which we, I I, kind, I talked about last week because it was in theaters, but it's dropping on Netflix today. Our, our four-year-old daughter is obsessed with Miyazaki movies in yes. general. So, it's, studio so it's, on, it's on HBO Max today so and you will, can watch it. It will be so on will. our viewing list very yes, soon here. here. Let There's me, only so many times you can watch Ponyo and Totoro and <coughs> delivery service. Well, this is the woman. This is the woman who wrote Howl's Moving Castle. So, oh, good. Oh, so yeah. it's and there are Easter eggs in that. Um, and Lynn, your favorite uh, Dan Stevens is the voice of the cat in this movie. No. But for being a G Kids movie, and yes, it's about witches. It's not weird. Because a lot of the Studio Ghibli movies yeah. are out there. weird. He's not crazy about the scary stuff, but the yeah, but but this one's. I mean, it's it's a very cute movie. It's it's also their first CGI movie. So oh, that's right. Yeah, that's it's right. not it's not hand drawn. So my daughter's huh. like, oh, it's pretty, but and she made me watch it in uh, in the original Japanese. I think on HBO Max you get the choice of either oh, dub. Yeah. Yeah. But no, yeah, I, I I had to watch the Japanese. Probably gonna we'll, go, we'll with go with the, the English version. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. An another film opening up this week, which we haven't had an opportunity to see, is Falling by Viggo Mortensen. It's a very personal mm -hmm. story. Okay. It's got Lance Hendrickson. They did not make it available to us. I don't understand. But broadcast film critics, I received an email on Monday saying uh, you should have gotten the DVD of this, and if not contact these people and so i contacted and said i did not get the dvd so but it's very personal to him because his mother had alzheimer's that's right, mm. right so he directed i think he 
wrote it and also he did the music for it oh wow i didn't know that yeah yeah so i don't know why they haven't made it available maybe because it hasn't started here yet we're not we only have so many theaters open right yeah yeah They're... and let's see yeah. what else? oh lynn hated bliss so <laughs> i thought bliss was disappointing but i didn't hate it as much as she did Bliss dropped on Amazon mm -hmm. today. Don't see it. I thought it was a big waste of 103 minutes of my time. They're not likable. They're miscast. It's a convoluted plot that makes very little sense. And it's just a head scratcher. Yes. It's, it's, you, you can have these, uh, you don't know what real, what's real and which matrix type of, you know, oh, am I in the matrix or am I in the real world? But it can also be good. It, it is very just weird. And you, and I'm, I'm with Owen Wilson. I'd rather stay in the other world. Right. Well, one of the things about, you know, normally I like Owen Wilson and even in the uh, the dramatic things like he was the dad in Wonder and yeah. he was very good with Julia Roberts. I mean, mm -hmm. he was great as as Jacob Tremblay's dad. But this one, his character, I have very strong issues with because there's something that happens right in the beginning that does not shed good light on him. No. So why do I care that he gets redeemed or he, uh, you know, because he has a lot of issues. Plus, he's lazy. His character's lazy. <laughs> and then yeah. she's just taxing and selfish and not a nice person. And when they discover these powers that they have and they're inflicting pain on people and they take great pleasure in it that is not enjoyable no it's 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 just it's just a weird little movie that that would have shown up the first week of january and then no one would have heard it from it again right and kent took it as a as a nice thing about addiction and recovery i didn't take it that way but <laughs> that's what he did and then the other movie you so you highly recommend airwig and I, no i don't highly recommend it it's 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 a change of pace for Studio Ghibli, and I think it's a cute little movie that um, it's it it might have actually benefited from being in two D, but I know a lot of people are hating on it. I think it's a cute movie, and I think that if you if you've been um, reticent to join Studio Ghibli because you see it on HBO Max. I'm like, oh, maybe I can watch this. This was a good movie to get indoctrinated. This is a good start movie because it's not as weird as some of the other ones. Because as, as I said before, a lot of those movies are weird. Well, um, a movie that came out last week that I finally finished, uh, it's on Apple TV Plus. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed it. It broke records for Apple TV Nick last week. The, it, it was the highest rated film they've had so far. Palmer. It, yes. Palmer. You finally watched the second half of it. Yes. And, and it did it get better? Because you were concerned about where it was going. Well, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it. I would say because a movie about acceptance and second chances is good. Yes, it is predictable. Yes, you can figure out everything. But Justin Timberlake is very strong in it. He has to carry the movie. It's uh, 
he's an ex-con. He was in prison for 12 years. He's a former football star of the town. It's about small towns and small minds. Mm-hmm. He becomes a father figure to this boy. And uh, he is, uh, he's not in the male gender lane. Let's put it like that. He wants to wear a princess costume for Halloween. He plays with dolls and he likes putting on lipstick. And he is from a troubled home. Juno Temple plays his drug addict mother who disappears with her boyfriend, Dean Winters. So the poor kid has been through the mill as a youngster and he gets bullied at school because he's of his feminine proclivities. Mm-hmm. And uh, Justin Timberlake's character becomes a, janitor at the school and it's uh it's very nice they come it's not easy their relationship their relationship isn't all of a sudden like oh we're all wonderful and (laughs) so that's what i like because it it wasn't neatly tied up but it is what it is june squib plays his grandma it's a good cast they do what i liked about it was it stuck in its lane it did not overreach it is what it is. And sometimes you just want a pleasant movie that that makes that highlights humanities, you know, and the good things that can happen. So why not? Now, did you see Little Fish too? No, because uh, my buff, my link uh, kept buffering every couple of seconds and it was not pleasant. So I got to contact IFC or I'm going to try it on my television. Uh, but it is a pandemic plot. Oh. It is a melancholy love story, and the girl is Olivia Cook. And this virus has taken over the world called Nia. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm gonna dive into it, see if it if it is uh um is if it's too hard to watch during these times. <laughs> I you know, have a good it. have a good weekend and thank, uh, thank you guys for giving us for this including opportunity. Us. Yeah, oh, of course. You guys sure. have places to be. Yeah, sure. Uh-huh. Do you know um are you are gonna watch the Super Bowl? Yep. We are. Go well, team. they're gonna have the less amount the least amount of movie commercials ever. I, I know. Yeah. And all and all well, all of the big companies, yeah. Well, before we, before you go, Bree, where can we get Cinema St. Louis online? Uh, yeah, so cinemastlouis.org. It will show everything, including when our festivals are this year. So QFest will be our next big one that's virtual. That'll be in April. Um, and, you know, Chris Clark uh, does the programming for that, and it's always fantastic. And he, I think we'll be doing it again with Joshua Ray this year. Um, nice. So it's usually a great lineup of films. Um, and then we are doing actually a collaboration with St. Louis Public Radio. So we just wrapped up the Best of Fest, uh, so the Best of Sliff, all the award-winning films uh, virtually uh, on Sunday, actually. And then with St. Louis Public Radio, we do a collaboration where we show the Best of Shorts. Um, so it's a free event that they offer uh, through their Twitch channel, and that'll be on February 20th. And it will be, uh, I think it's about nine films and intermission will be an interview with uh, filmmaker John Alston for his short film, Augustus, which won the SE award, both at Showcase and Sliff. Um, So he's a great filmmaker and we're grateful that he'll be joining us for that. 
Excellent. Well, thank you both for joining us, Pete. Well, thank you. I guys. hope to see you in person one day soon. Yes. Yes. Same <laughs> here. It'll be it'll be wonderful it'll be, seeing you in a movie theater it'll again. It'll be a party, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank thank you guys. A wonderful. Have a good weekend, yes. and uh, hope to see you soon. Yeah, All right. Sounds good. Take, Take care. care. Well, Lynn, where can we find you online, young lady? I am on uh, the Webster Kirkwood Times. Uh, online and in print now and i am on ksd i'm ksd ktrs every thursday a little bit before 10 30 with ray hartman all in the know and then uh i have my own website poplifestl.com which alex is helping me with mm -hmm. and then we're here we've been here for almost two years yep. yeah what four weeks two weeks will be something like that We'll have our second anniversary. Math. Yes. You can find me at underscore Carl the intern on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me on the intercom family of radio stations and on the Max on Movies podcast. You can find me everywhere talking about stuff like this. Lynn, thank you. Congratulations on 100 episodes, young lady. Well, congratulations because you have been here every step of the way. Dang right. Lending your talents. And we've had uh, quite an assortment of good guests, I would say. Yes, we have. So let's go for another hundred more. That's right. And keep on, keep, keep on keeping on. Excellent. So have a great, you got the blues game tomorrow, right? I have blues game Saturday and now Monday. It was Saturday and Sunday, but now it's Saturday and Monday. So the Colorado people could not keep themselves away from the Rona. And so now we're going to play the Arizona Coyotes for two more games. So that's what's happening. Aha. Well, enjoy uh, the Super Bowl. Go Chiefs. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Stay safe. Wear your masks. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.